Above180.com, taking your bowling game to the next level. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews and coaching to drilling layouts. Now, from Washington, D.C. and the Bowlers Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us today on the Above180.com podcast is Michelle Mullen. Michelle is joining us today because she is one of 30 gold certified coaches. So we really want to get into some coaching tips from Michelle. Uh, Michelle, first off, thank you for joining us here today. Oh, it's a pleasure to have uh, to be on. So thanks for having me. Great. Michelle, first off, want to begin talking about one of the things that you feel probably holds most bowlers back the most. Uh, if they want to improve their average above 180 or above 200 or even above 220, frankly. Oh, for sure. And in, in, in what I see on a day, day-to-day basis, it's arm swing. Um, again, I'm a firm believer that swing is king. Um, and, you know, most bowlers need to improve uh, their swing and be able to relax it more to achieve a higher level, um, for sure. Uh, this is Joe Serrar here, Michelle. Uh, I have a follow-up question to that. In that loose swing, that loosey-goosey, unmuscled swing, do you feel the, the ball fit is the most important factor, or can bowlers still oh. achieve that free swing, even with an improper fit? Well, well, sure, and I know Alita was on a couple weeks ago and had talked about that, and I just wanted to echo that. Um, you know, we opened our shop as coaches, and one of the very first things we look at with a bowler is the fit, and we can tell when we watch him swing whether or not the ball's fitting him correctly. You know, it used to take me... 25 years ago, it would take me to the end of a lesson to check the fit. Now it's like in two shots. You know, if, if I feel that there's something in their swing that is affected by grip, we got to check that grip right away. And um, without a doubt, it profoundly affects bowlers. And, and my heart breaks for those who think that they, you know, it's their fault that they struggle with their swing like it's mental or something, but they don't really understand or have access to, to someone who's going to fit their hand correctly to where their game opens up again, you know. I mean, it, is, it profoundly affects how they're going to perform. Okay, and now if, if we go one step further, we, we, we know the importance of a good fit. In other words, where we can lessen our grip pressure, and, and that's done with proper pitches, probably even more so than proper sizes because you can always adjust with tape. Uh, yeah. On tour, some of the top male pro bowlers appear to have muscled swings, such as Mika, such as Walter Ray. Yet I look at women pro bowlers, uh, some of the best, Kelly Kulik, uh, Kim Terrell, Betty Morris from years back, Carolyn Dorn-Ballard. They have the loosest arm swings you've ever seen. Why such a difference? Well, you know, and, and, and it's, um, I've alluded, when I'm in the lessons, um, I show those bowlers just like the ones that you've chosen because of their loose swings. And, you know, men have are stronger you know and especially when it comes to rev rate off their hands women just don't naturally have that rev rate i mean michelle feldman you know is close to that but she's one of very few and for that reason i think most bowlers will say you know i can relate to the women more and i understand that because we have to create leverage we have to optimize our leverage to get the most power we can get because we don't have that rev rate and you know for that reason we have to be a little bit more accurate and loose swings are the way that most people you know i mean those guys on tour are amazing and they're you know we mortals need to have more of a loose swing to repeat our shots and and hit our target great so michelle let's say that uh i've came by you for a lesson we figured out my grip is is fine it's perfect i had my my ball was punched up by you guys 
And now I still don't have a loose swing, though. What What is the one thing that am I just – is it my physical hand that I'm just trying to hold on and not letting my the ball release? Or is there something – like you said, is it something that's maybe in my head mentally that I just can't let it go? Or what's, what's holding me back now? Well, that's an awesome question. Um, there's two things. Uh, number one is I like to be hands-on. So I'll take the player and I'll say, okay, let's just talk right-handed. So I'll grab their right arm and I'll have it in – kind of in the position they have it in the stance where it's at a right angle, right? They're not holding the ball, but I have my wrist under their hand, and I'm just feeling their arm. And I'll say, okay, now now tell me when you're relaxed. And they'll say, okay, right now. And then I withdraw my hand, my support, and their arm's still there. So obviously, you know, their arm would have fallen if they were, in fact, relaxed. And I see that with so many players that don't really realize what relaxed is. Um, you know, progressive muscle relaxation helps, or just the hands on me helping them saying, now look, I feel my arm, and then when I, they let go of my arm, my arm just drops. And these are the swings, these are the arms like Kim Terrell has or Kelly Kulik has where they can physically relax, and that is, frankly, the athleticism in our sport is being able to relax that swing. Now, the other thing is, and this is really important, is when you, when you go to push the ball away from your body, the ball becomes heavier to you. That's pretty obvious. Just like when you carry a heavy box, you carry it close to your body. You don't carry it away from your body. Well, at that point, when you're pushing the swing away, you really got to be doing it with the opposite hand. So for a right-hander, that would be the left hand. So when you're at that point in the push away that the ball's furthest from you, you want you still want all the weight in the left hand. And somebody like Kim Terrell does that beautifully. So when she takes her left hand off, the ball just drops into a pendulum. And that's why she, she doesn't miss her target. You know, and it's funny you mentioned that with the left hand, the importance of the left hand. Uh, just last evening, I was watching Norm Duke's new DVD, and that's one of the strongest points he makes in in the address. Get the ball balanced in your left hand. Help use use that left hand to help you push the ball into its swing, then let it go. I'm really glad he's saying that because you know, obviously, a lot of people look to him, and that is a key, key point to the swing, because if you do get your arm physically relaxed, but then when you push it away, you start to regrip with your right arm, meaning that it becomes weight-bearing again, you're going to tighten up no matter what you're trying to do. So I'm really glad he's doing it. It's, it's huge. Okay, and now let's say we have a bowler who has that loose swing. You've finally gotten him or her to that level where it's as unmuscled as it's ever been, and there's very little grip pressure at the point of release, which we know is the make-it-or-break-it point. How do they get timing with that new swing to match their footwork? Do, do, do you advocate the footwork uh, basically controls when and where the swing should be placed, or should the swing do it and let the feet follow? Oh, I definitely believe in most, most, most cases um, the swing the swing sets the tone for both rhythm and timing. So, you know, I think the feet follow. So, for example, you see someone who, you know, drops the ball into the swing too quick, always have fast feet. So I'll see that in a lesson when they're warming up, and I'll ask them, I'll say, before I even show them themselves, I'll say, you know, do you feel, do you ever feel fast? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, and their mom and dad's back there. Oh, yeah, you know, we can't slow them down. And I says, well, you know, and I'll say to the student, I'll say, do they just keep telling you to, to, to go slower? And they're like, oh, yeah. And I said, you know what? You're never going to do that until you drop the ball into the swing at the right time. So, again, that left hand comes into play not only for developing a good swing, but for dropping it into the swing at the proper time. So when that left hand withdraws, be it the second step of a four-step approach or the five, uh, the third step of a five-step approach, that's what's going to determine that timing. And pros work on that all the time. 
all the time. Again, joining us today is Michelle Mellon. Uh, check out yourbowlingcoach.com for more great tips from Michelle. And Michelle, want to follow up and, and have a question right there. You, you briefly touched on video. Uh, talk about the importance of videoing a, a player and just letting them see themselves. And then maybe even uh, what I find the most uh, helpful to me is to put myself on a split screen with a pro who does things right, uh, a Chris Barnes or a, um, for me it was Doug Kent because I was a little late at the line. But someone where you do a split screen and, you, and they can actually physically point out where you go wrong and where he stays on the right track. Oh, it, it makes a, a very, very big difference. You know, I've been doing this for 25 years, and for the first many, you know, we weren't using video too much, or if we did, it was the bulky, you know, we didn't have the computerized digital ways. And so now it's so much more convenient. And, and for sure, you know, I can see what they're doing, but and they'll think they're doing it right. And I had one lady say to me a couple of years ago, she goes, she was funny. She says, if you didn't have that machine right there, I would tell you, you you're just full of it <laughs> because we kind of could show her, you know, you're, you're still late. And she'd be like, no, I'm not. And I said, you know, let's look. And so it really accelerates their learning because as soon as they see it, not only does it confirm what you're saying, but it challenges them and motivates them. And they want that picture to look right. And it, it makes a huge difference. Now, Michelle, I have students that tell me I'm full of it, even with the video there. <laughs> How's that go for you? <laughs> I know. Now, on a serious note, uh, a few minutes ago, you mentioned the pushaway beginning on the second step of a four-step, or the yeah, the second step of a four-step approach, and the third of a five. Wasn't it years ago taught that wait, the pushaway should be your wait. first step of a four-step and the second step of a five? And if so, is that due to the fact bowlers today want more late timing? No, um, I think that I maybe have a not express that clearly. I meant when the ball should drop out of the push away. So let's go back and say on a, in no way um, did I mean that. So in the first step, let's say you want to push out. On a four-step approach, you want to get the ball pushed out on the first step. What I meant by that is when that left hand is out there holding that ball, it shouldn't withdraw its support. In other words, the ball shouldn't drop down until the second step. Okay, very clear. And you know, the other day I was yeah. watching Chris Barnes in slow mo, and he kind of pushes that envelope a little bit, and almost doesn't start that push away until he's done with his second step in, in you know, the five step approach. Yeah, so he's, you know, and you know, they he's, he's close. Yeah, and and I remember years ago I was on te- I was a coach at Team USA when Chris was actually on the team, and I used to just observe how he practiced. You know, if I was working with somebody else, I just kind of watched down there, and I would watch him. You know, he'd get into his approach, and he'd get into his third step, and the swing was pulled back, and he'd stop, and he'd do it again. He'd go through his first three steps, and he'd stop. And I, I believe, you know, and I don't, I don't know exactly at that time, but I believe that he was working. I think he pulled his swing back a little bit, and he was probably trying to not get so early, um, as all of us have to work on our timing. And so he's probably trying to do what he has to do to make sure he doesn't get too quick in there. You know, you'd have to talk to him for sure, but... Um, you know, and, and sometimes we're in a state of modifying things just to get the job done for that week or whatever. So, yeah. Um, and Carolyn, you know, Carolyn's another example. And she'll admittedly say that um, if she doesn't practice for a week, she'll get out of sync like that, you know, because she tends to be a little bit late. So our timing tendencies are very strong, and we're always, you know, working on them, that start for sure to, to, to get back in sync. Michelle, you brought up just a great point that I just have to touch on, and that is practice. So many of the league players, and I'm going to even lump myself in this category sometimes, we just don't make time to get out on the lanes and practice. How vital do you feel it is, especially when you're taking coaching lessons and trying to improve your game like a lot of our listeners are, 
to getting out and throwing aside from your league play and throwing uh, at least one or possibly even two practice sessions in a, in a week? Oh, it's detrimental. I, you know, and you got to you got to be in a situation to practice without the score on so that you're free to feel different. You know, in lessons, as you know, you know, we don't turn on the score because it has nothing to do with it. If you're going to learn a new skill, you if it goes in the gutter, who cares, right? So the people that improve the quickest with us are the ones that take the lessons, practice in between, you know, for sure. Um, you got to get out there and do it. And then sometimes, you know, locally here, there will be a tournament in town for, you know, a token tournament for the women or something, and they'll be like, so you guys bowling? And I'll be like, well, you know, it's the preparation that makes all the difference. I, I would not dream of bowling in a tournament if I haven't been bowling on a regular basis because I'm, I'm not going to be sharp. I'm, I'm, I've got my own timing issues, so... We definitely have to work them out in practice when we don't have to worry about score. And I have a personal question for you, Michelle. Uh, in regards to your personal ball fit, over the last, let's say, 20 years, uh, as you know, measuring and drilling philosophies have evolved, and actually for the better, how have you changed your spans and pitches, say, you know, in, in the last 15, 20 years? Oh, you know, you know, I too, Alita had an injury. I have had injury. Um, my hand still is uh, arthritic and bent from poor fits of the past. Definitely, we've had to, t- to cut back on that reverse pitch in the thumb, shorten up the spans a little bit. You know, it used to be just give that reverse pitch so the bowler would clear the ball. Well, there was an epidemic then of too much reverse pitch and muscled arm swings, and we're still working our way out of that. So we had to, you know, shorten up a little. A um, little less pit, reverse pitch in the thumb and on the fingers, you know, people still want to manufacture that, that lift feeling. We haven't taught lift in 25 years. And so the pitches in the fingers have to reflect your flexibility, not just forward pitching them so that you can, you know, manufacture a feel. So, we've, you know, we're going away on the pitches. And I was in so much pain when my pitches were forward on the fingers, I couldn't, I couldn't bowl. And I had to see a specialist. And he says, the only thing I can do for you is, you know, you're going to have to just get comfortable. I can't promise surgery is going to be any better for your finger. So when I reverse the pitches, now my pads are back on the, on the front of the holes and I, I bowl, you know, I bowl pain-free. So, right, and and don't you agree? Years ago, in the in the days of urethane, bowlers, you know, even recreational bowlers like us, needed to hit up on the ball to a certain extent to create hitting power. But now with resin, we need to more or less feed the ball to our break point, get it off our hand cleanly, and definitely not hit up on it. Definitely, um, definitely. The balls are so strong now, and a lot of people, when they watch these players in regular motion on TV or whatever, they think they're hitting up on them because they see these elaborate arm swings. But when you, you know, so they misinterpret it. But then when you get them on the digital coach and you show them Tommy Jones, you show them Chris Barnes, you show them players from the back view and how they get it off their hand, they roll it right into the floor. So. Yeah, that helps dispel that for sure. You, you know, you got to get it off your hand clean. And that's what those guys say when they're interviewed. You know, I just want to get it off my hand clean. Michelle uh, Mullen is joining us from yourbowlingcoach.com. Michelle, I want to end the interview. I have one quick question for you with the uh, tournament going on last week in Vegas at Mika One. The second game, and we've actually received some interesting replies on our Twitter uh, feed at Above180.com, Above180, our Twitter feed, uh, regarding Tom Doherty and, and his actions, you could say, when he was bowling bad and Mika having the front nine and I guess just want to get your opinion were, were you all right with the way Tom was kind of playing to the crowd a little bit and kind of laughing at himself with his opponent well, having the front nine I had a student just ask me that the other day and what had happened I'm not the best person to ask because I was actually giving a lesson during that match so 
So I stopped to watch the 10th frame. So when I went back and on the DVR and I watched it at home, when I knew what was going to happen, I didn't watch the second half of the match because I'd already known the outcome. So I didn't see his antics. Um, you know, I was of the nature, I felt so bad for him bowling 100 because some people will just equate his skill to that when he bowled great all week, you know. But I didn't know that that was going on. So I frankly didn't see it. And, um, you know, I, I don't know what to say. Okay. Well, well, I personally, Tim, thought that was a sign of maturity on his part where an immature person may have, you know, gotten angry or, you know, kicked or thrown something where he took it with a grain of salt because it's basically just a game we're playing and there are days where things don't go our way. Great stuff, Joey. Have a question for us? Shoot us an email. That email is above180 at gmail.com, above180 at gmail.com. Also, new fan page up on Facebook. It's taking your bowling game to the next level. And also on Twitter, it's above180 for our Twitter feed. You can follow all of our tweets. Till next week, good luck and good bowling.